everyone. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Library podcast. This is a special edition, so it's just Garrett and I sitting here talking with you. Today, we're going to talk about prop tech, and we're going to try and make this a regular series that we do. Um, it's something that we're both incredibly interested in. I, I, Garrett and I were talking before this, and I was saying, you know, when when I first got into real estate, you come in and you have all of these great ideas and hyper innovative and uh, you know you look around at some of the guys who are doing it before you and you think well what a bunch of dinosaurs how come you're not using all these technologies or thinking in this different way um, but then you get into the motions and you start finding success and and more and more you kind of forget about these innovative strategies and all of the tech that's moving so quickly beyond the world of real estate and so this is a very helpful reminder but also uh you know a lot of these tools you can you can implement maybe the tools but also just the the ideas of you know why they're so successful because they're all hitting on pain points that uh your clients and customers or maybe you as the as a landlord uh have so anyways that's a little a little intro or even you as on a personal level as you'll see some of these things are applicable to just the everyday individual yes yes so so what's our what's our first one first one that we're looking at is open door open door and so that is opendoor.com opendoor.com so this episode is not sponsored by anyone <laughs> yeah we'll 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 get the sponsorships rolling um you know what no that's not true that's not true other than oh, our yeah. other than our favorite sponsor KMB Law. KMB Law for all of your commercial real estate deals, financing, and uh, they are the best. So use them. Okay. So for those of you who haven't heard about Open Door, they primarily, I think they exclusively operate in the States right now. They were recently in the news for, you know, raising funds through a SPAC, valuing the company at like four and a half billion dollars or something around there. Essentially what Open Door is, is you put your property up and say, hey, I'm willing to sell my property and Open Door will give you a valuation in almost like that. Uh, you know, I was looking at a video from a year ago and they were doing it basically within two days. Now I'm sure it's faster. Um, and they say, hey, we're, we're going to buy your property for this value. Um, you know, walk around, do a virtual tour and they will literally give you an offer for that uh, for that value that they've quoted. Um, you know, what they, what they hit on is, is, you know, they're essentially, they're not going to be the highest price, but they're going to be a reasonably accurate price. That is, you know, what they're saving you is, is they're providing certainty for the end customer and they're providing, um, the convenience of just li immediate liquidity. And I'm guessing that you also save on fees. Because um, if you do, they do have two options. One of them being that Open Door buys your property through what you just described, Damon. And then another one is that you can also list through Open Door. Um, in the United States, I believe that they have, you know, it's three percent and three percent for a buyer and seller broker. Um, I think that they do it at five percent. So you do save a bit if you do list it on the Open Door uh, website versus just having to buy your property outright, which. You know, I feel like that's an investor's dream uh, because everybody loves private sales that aren't on the market. And that's how you, you know, 
make a lot of money. So I don't know how particularly that they're able to do that business in the sense that, you know, they must have oodles of cash on hand, the ability to actually put out these offers. Um, with so they definitely do. Uh, so everybody knows SoftBank from WeWork and from, I mean, they invest in basically every tech company, but Open Doors is one of them. So they invested, I think, a couple of years ago, valuing the company at three and a half billion or so and put a large chunk of change in there. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm curious, so, so again, so, there's, so you're mentioning there's the two aspects of the business. One is having Opendoor buy it, and that's, that's what I think the platform was built on, is, is getting, getting an offer right away. So the pain point being, it's a residential homeowner who is, who is saying, you know, I don't wanna go through the hassle of, you know, having a broker do this, the, the humming and hawing, the process of, you know, un uncertainty. And I, I don't know if the deal is going to go through and, and all of that. And they're saying, you know, essentially, I was listening to an interview from the founder and he was saying that when they were starting up, they went to people in San Francisco and said, OK, you know, if I was to give you 80 uh, percent of your property value or 85 percent of your, your property value, right right now would you consider it and you know there's a good percentage of the population that says no take a hike uh but there's some percentage as you creep up to what their actual property value is that really value that certainty uh and convenience and the liquidity right so that's who their target market market is um and it's and it's interesting to, to think about uh, one, how they do their underwriting. Now, obviously, they're at scale. So how do they get it super accurate? Those are kind of all the things I'm thinking about. Yeah, no, it, and they probably use some system that's similar to like, I think it's Zucasa that has a thing where you can literally Google your house and then they just estimate what the value is based on comparable sales and transactions. Because it's ta basically taking what's traditionally done here in Canada with through MLS and then just taking all of that data and then aggregating it into like some form of estimation type of thing and then projection. So it's utilizing big data to be able to guess those values. You know, you know what it reminds me of? Uh, it reminds me of Leo the Lion, the number one broker in Canada. Um, so he says, uh, but you see those billboards and it's like Leo's patented system, you know, will give you an offer within no time. And it's, you know, it kind of, it kind of makes me think of that. It, and it, and, it, and it also, that's one thing I think that, uh, so a couple questions, because this is a commercial real estate podcast, is this eventually going to be something that we see in commercial real estate? Um, and, and number two, you know, what lessons can we apply to commercial real estate? You know, I'm in, I'm in brokerage, you're in brokerage, Garrett. Is it, is it that the speed and certainty is hypercritical to a certain percentage of clients? Um, you know, anyway, so question number one to you, Will, how is this going to get into commercial real estate? So, so I have a bit of hands-on experience when it comes to this type of technology through the crowdfunding uh, company that I tried to, to start or did start and um, went through some regression. We did face a lot of market difficulties because the United States has, you know, 330 million people. The market is a lot bigger, okay? Whereas Canada is very small and very segregated in terms of like, you know, you got 
you know, 15 million on this side of the country and 15 million, like, you know, four time zones away. Okay, that's pretty far away. We're in contrast to like you in the United States, you have all these big cities that are so close together um, that what this company is trying to do, Open Doors, commoditize um, the real estate market on sort of an individual basis where you see the, the amount of volume in real estate, right? There's so many different transactions when it comes to um, residential real estate in contrast to commercial. There's a lot less. Okay, there's probably like, you know, what, like 15,000 transactions per year in Ontario, let's say. Right. You know, that's not a lot that you're trying to commoditize because a lot of them are taken up by people like you. You know, you have brokers and relationships and you're trying to degrade that value add by somehow making a simple process to to trade and transact these properties. Right. Do, do, do commercial real estate people typically more sophisticated do they require that convenience and immediate liquid liquidity sometimes probably they do yeah and, and i would argue that a lot of those times is when the property is distressed and that becomes a situation where there's a lot more analysis involved in order to actually understand what's going on with the property and how to fix it because because right. it's 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 a little different when you buy a house for Again, this is the United States property. Houses are like $250,000, okay? They're cheap, you know? When you make a mistake with $250,000, like, oh, okay, you got burned five grand. You make that up with the next deal. But then you buy a $12 million industrial building and you're off by $2 million, then you lost $2 million. Right. The impact of being wrong is significantly higher and therefore that requires so much more due diligence in order to actually, you know, deal with it like in terms of analyze what you think the value is and what the uplift is. And residential real estate, single asset. Everybody knows what a home is. But then what? For commercial real estate, you have office buildings, retail buildings, self-storage facilities, industrial, apartment. You know, some people spend their whole career like in one asset class. You have, you know, Starlight, one asset class. They're the industry leader in that field, but like they, they're one asset class. They, I don't know if you would... Particularly, they particularly know what to do with a cold storage facility, you know, yeah. or how to turn it around. Right. Well, because you don't have the same connections, you don't have the same ability to lease it up. Like, obviously, if you're a billion-dollar company, you could probably figure it out. But you know, to be able to do it and make money, that's a different thing. Okay. So what's so what's the take then? If we have to have a hot take here. It's that the complexity of commercial real estate would make it more challenging for a technology like this to exist, and the size of the Canadian market also make it uh, make it a challenge. And but I was going to say the capital required. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I think I think Open Door. I feel like they started with like raising five million bucks or something. Yeah. Like uh, even if you have a billion dollars worth of equity, you're still a very small player in the commercial real estate space. Right. Okay. So, um, okay. That's interesting. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of lessons that can be applied in just noting that, uh, you know, as a good subset of your customers, maybe not so far as being somebody who's distressed, but there's still a subset of your customers that just hate dealing with uh, uncertainty and the inconvenience of listing a property. Uh, mm -hmm. so, so if you can, you know, tighten those up 
Uh, now I'm speaking almost, you know, just from the broker's perspective. But if you can if you can solve those issues, that that could probably go a long way. Um, okay, Skyline, Skyline.ai. So I think I think what I'd I'd love to do here for our for our audience is to play the video that you know introduces the company. So this is right off the company's website. I hope that YouTube doesn't take down our video because we're playing their video. Um, a one-minute video of Skyline AI, so just so you guys can get some In recent years, financial markets have been transformed by advanced technologies. Yet the largest market of all, commercial real estate, remained virtually unchanged. A few exceptional investment managers rose above the rest, but even the most capable remained confined by the boundaries of human ability. Skyline AI fuses the expertise of select commercial real estate partners with artificial intelligence to achieve above human performance. Continuously processing millions of diversely sourced data points, Skyline AI covers over 400,000 assets, observing every deal made in the last five decades. Using a proprietary ensemble of machine learning models, Skyline AI decodes the mechanics that govern the market. We identify emerging trends from the cross-continent to the neighborhood level, pinpointing the areas that are about to take off while avoiding potential downturns. Through deep analysis of owner and asset behavior, we detect value creation opportunities, off-market deals, distress signals, mismanagement, and various performance anomalies. Uncovering hidden risk factors, we vet opportunities that can withstand uncertain market conditions. Underwriting within seconds, we are the first to secure high-value deals. Injecting advanced technology into the commercial real estate market, we take investment management beyond human boundaries. Skyline AI. Real estate investment meets artificial intelligence. I mean, my first reaction is that that, that whoever edited that video and the graphics for that video deserve like an award uh, because like I'm really interested in your thought about your thoughts about this because AI in reality, first of all, it's a very loose term that's just used to attract a lot of investment funds because it, it in reality it doesn't look like all those sweet graphs like Tony Stark's house. It's it's more like it's it's messier and it's not it's just how how good is your is your data in order to right so. I'm, yes. I'm wondering what, like, what are all these data points that they're measuring to, to make such enhanced decisions? So probably what they're doing is simply just looking at trends. And it's like, you know, because they have 50 years of historical data, they probably just link in with CoStar or something like that, or the other data providers in the United States, or even just, you know, the land registry system in terms of sales and stuff like that. Um, they probably just look at the 50 years and they're like, okay, you know, inclusive of external factors such as, you know, uh, interest rates and bond prices, yields, price of currency, and all that other stuff. Right. You know, when price of currency drops to this level and this happens and this happens, then we see a deflation in what they call probably mid markets or something like that. So they can they would project that there would probably be a downward turn in certain markets or something, and then there would be an upturn in the uh, suburban market or something like that because of the downturn of interest or, or whatever type of thing. That's probably what that's like what they're doing. 
effectively, or I assume that they're trying to do. Like AI, as you said, is a very loose term. AI is something that's just, you build a box and AI can be in that box. They can't be outside of that box. They can okay. simply just play within the inputs that you have it. It's like they have an AI system that can play chess. You know, you try to get that AI system to play checkers, lose every game. But chess, it'll win, you know? And chess is like still a complex game. And it took people years in order to build something that can beat people at chess. Yeah. It's funny because, I mean, we just did Open Door and we're saying, well, how can this, how can, you know, quick valuations and this type of model be applied? And then, boom. Yeah, I know. I know. Here it is. We didn't plan that, but here it is. Here's the answer. Um, but but again, it, it it speaks to like what is the quality of the information, what of those inputs, and you know what is this algorithm that's being used to make decisions, and you know is it informing decisions, or is it actually resulting in in decisions? Is it highlighting opportunities, and then that's when you say, you know, okay, we'll take a second look at this. Um, it kind of sounds like it's it's augmenting your expertise as a as a buyer or asset manager yeah because it's more so probably telling you where to go based on and telling you what the historical information is saying about particular markets like i highly doubt that it's telling you to buy this particular building um you could probably give it the inputs of that building and it would you know um uh give you an opinion but like that's no different than some kid doing an Argus model and being like, yeah, okay, it could be this value. You know, this is your return. Boom. Right. There you go. Because it's probably most applicable for people making decisions almost at a at a large scale and saying, well, you know, when should we invest in Detroit? Yeah, exactly. And, and it's measuring, okay, well, J- Detroit's GDP and you know, went this way, rents went this way. Uh, you know, typically this happens in Detroit. There's like, I, I, I guess, you know, it just uses as much information as possible, but um, it's really interesting. Again, it, it, it goes back to that point of just, you know, commercial real estate being a bit more complex, but, you know, I, I remember watching this video of Dylan Taylor, the old call, call your CEO, um, and he was quick to point out that, yeah, don't be dismissive of uh, these technologies that happen at the, the more unsophisticated parts of the market because they quickly learn that part of the market at scale and they slowly start edging up and you say, well, it only happens to uh, smaller commercial properties or this properties that fit this model. And then all of a sudden, it's the whole thing. So it, it'd be really interesting to, to see kind of where this technology goes, especially as we know, we're in Canada. Um, so how, how long does it take to get to Canada? It, stuff like that seems like it's more effective uh, in the States. And then the next place would be, you know, Shanghai. Or probably, probably it's already in Shanghai. But uh, the problem I would say is that these guys need really good data. Because if you have imperfect data, then your AI system or algorithms are running off of imperfect data and therefore are more prone to obviously make, you know, false generalizations. Which is, which is a fantastic point because, you know, you can think about 
uh, Collier's, which in Canada uses its own CRM system to track building data versus CoStar, which, you know, is is great, but people have their their quarrels with and, you know, it doesn't always work. You, you know, it, it really is dependent on who's putting in that information, tracking it all the time. And there's a bunch of inaccuracies within there, too. Mm -hmm. so, I I would say that this is probably the holy grail that everyone would want, but to make it an actually like perfect system, you are going to have to get so much information that it's currently doesn't exist and it probably won't ever exist because you're going to have, nobody's ever going to, landlords aren't going to contribute to telling people all the information, you know? Right, because that takes away from their competitive edge yeah exactly because it's it's more closed door whereas like you know i guess in the residential market which we see with these other companies doing algorithms and stuff it's way more simple and it is way closer to be a commodity than it is to be a you know uh, like a like what commercial real estate is because like how do you know that a, a self-storage facility on the street of town is all of a sudden going to go booming because of whatever reason you know that's that's one of the weird things in, or, in order for you to get contributions from like all of these landlords that have you know are going to give you those data points and make sure that it's it's hyper accurate like they almost need to have an ownership stake in your in the outcome like yeah exactly and and it, like there's also factors like what if country goes to war or some random external factor that doesn't generally like you know thought about or COVID for God's sakes, you know, I'm sure that COVID probably threw this investment algorithm right through the door because of those incredibly hard to predict things that all of a sudden completely changed the market. Cause like, you know, the data that we get from this, like, sure, it'll probably be impactful for the next time that we have a global pandemic that locks everyone down. But like, you know, yeah, in terms I of information, I, I yeah I think this is a good point and and I and I know um, like I was looking that Open Door actually stopped uh, for a little while during the pandemic and they said well it's because we want to protect our customers and it's like they probably just didn't know what was going on and they're saying okay well I don't know if our information's right for right now yeah they didn't want to put out money because who you didn't know if the bottom the market was going to bottom out or or it was hyperinflating or what's going on you know right. Right. So, okay. Well, well, very interesting technology. Yeah, this is a great idea. It's just that it'd probably be very hard to execute. Yeah. For for those for those in the audience, what does this make you think of? What information would you track if you had to make a hyper informed real estate decision on a specific market or asset class? You know, could you compile fifteen data points that specifically would help you make that? make that decision i don't know something something to think about uh okay what's next, next. 10x uh, 10x offers three streamlined transaction solutions live bid managed bid and offer select in this video you'll learn about the live bid process with live bid a broker and their seller set an unpublished reserve price. Then, after a fixed marketing period, a two-day online auction is held. 
This solution is great for value-add assets where contingencies are generally not needed or where the market value may not be clear. LiveBit is also ideal for brokers and sellers who want an expedited transaction and are willing to meet market pricing. To get started with LiveBit, the broker coordinates with a 10x representative who onboards the property to the platform. First, we work with the broker to set the reserve price and collect due diligence documentation to ensure prospective buyers have all the information they need before bidding on the property. Next, the 10X team, in partnership with the broker, builds a comprehensive property detail page on our platform that showcases relevant details about the asset, including professional photography, unique selling propositions, and due diligence documents. Then, our proprietary algorithm precision matches buyers from the broker's custom list, third-party sources, and the 10X database of over 400,000 qualified investors. Once the property detail page is live, we launch a multi-channel marketing campaign that includes targeted digital advertising, social media, print, direct mail, call campaigns, and more. These marketing initiatives engage leads and generate an average of 2,000 unique visitors to the property page. From here, prospects can execute a digital confidentiality agreement to view due diligence documents. Their contact details are fed into the 10X dashboard, where brokers can dig into buyer activity on the listing, track marketing activities, manage leads, and more. As prospective buyers become interested in bidding on the property, they register for the auction by submitting proof of funds on the platform. After the fixed marketing period ends, the online auction begins. Live bid auctions are two-day events where approved buyers place their best bids online. Throughout the auction, the broker receives regular updates and alerts and has a 10x team member available to answer any questions. In the last hour of the auction, all parties connect to review bids and discuss strategies to ensure maximum execution for the asset. Once the winning buyer is notified, 10X coordinates the online execution of the purchase agreement and ensures the earnest money is deposited promptly. To minimize complications and facilitate the transfer of sale, the 10X platform seamlessly automates the contracts and closing of the property. Contact 10X today to learn how your property can benefit from LiveBid, a streamlined end-to-end -end transaction solution for commercial real estate. So, Dama, how do you feel about that? Okay. Uh, I thought that was super interesting. You know what it immediately makes me think of? Uh, you know, one of one of my my colleagues at Collier's, like we're a, a big five brokerage on the commercial side. He started going to resi brokers and saying, hey, look, you know, if you have any large properties and you're not sure if you can deliver all of the value to the owner, well, I'll cooperate with you. And, you know, we can we can share the fee, but I'll run the whole process. You can leverage Collier's bid process. You can leverage our marketing campaign and our network. And we'll ensure that this whole process is done in a way that it is hyper professional. So, so I think that's really interesting. It's they're essentially just a attack onto uh, a broker. I I, I really I, one thing that I I found just interesting was, you know, it, for the same reason as my my buddy does this. It's it's why 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 would you even use that other co op who's just getting some fee? Why not go direct? So I I thought it was really interesting why they how they actually their whole 
pitch is you work with a broker to come in and the broker will, you know, so they're still, they're not cutting out a broker, um, but I don't understand why you would. Yet. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, I guess once their network gets big enough, but it's, I, you know, I thought it was, it's, it's essentially, you know, obviously we add our own expertise, so I don't want to undersell uh, what, uh, what we, what we typically do, but it, like all of the steps there are very similar to how it would happen at a, at a major brokerage. Um, in addition to, you know, the handling that happens with the client and ideally you can better understand and point out the value to, uh, these interested purchasers, um, so that you maximize the value for your client. But like, it's along the same lines as what we do. Yeah, and in reality, they're probably their long-term play is to carve out that broker and simply be the broker acting on behalf of the client that's looking to sell the building. It's a very intelligent way that they're marketing it, where they're in the sense that they're saying that they're just an aid to a broker, but then they're going to just probably just be like, well, if a borrower just comes to us because they had a good experience and they cut out on the fee and then we get 2% or 1% or whatever the fee ends up being. Right. And they're running the entire process too. So the client is saying, well, I'm getting all these emails from this website. This is what this broker told me is the best thing about his process. Why don't I just use this process? Yeah, exactly. Like it is probably very good and effective for, for a decent amount of deals. Like obviously the value in the broker um, being the actual relationship management aspect, because you know, Otherwise, I, I'm sure that you just have random people that are calling other random people trying to get them to buy a building. It doesn't seem as necessarily, you know, the same type of approach. But this is effectively them trying to commoditize that commercial real estate market. Well, yeah, and and I mean the transaction, the smoothness, the smoothness of the process, running a a, a hyper effective process is a huge value add to clients. I mean that's right. where institutional clients want that's what that's what private clients want as well they just want to know that they're in the best position to maximize value i think presumably saves them money as well yeah the only the only part of it that this wouldn't have is that analysis on you know you know i guess you would want an expert to help point out where the building is you know might have value that isn't being uncovered and that's kind of you know that for sure but but you could I, i'm sure you could if that was the only part you needed then you could reduce the fee and carve that out because keep in mind that costar did buy these guys right so you do also have costar who can step in and be like look at all this information on your property because they do those property reports and all this stuff and like this is what we think the value is because you know, we're the largest commercial real estate data provider in the United States. Right. You know? So Yeah. I yeah, I, I think it's and, and by the way, when they when you measure up to especially, you know, I, I think no discredit to brokers, but I think eighty percent of brokers are not like amazing, right? So probably some system like this would would do a, a relatively good job at uh, at finding value too so mm -hmm. you know it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting to, to think about if you're 
you know, that's that's where they say, again, a lot of our audience is brokers. It's, you you got to hope that you're that 20 percent and be working incredibly hard to make sure you're adding value in some capacity, because especially as this technology keeps coming down the pipe, um, you know, it's only going to get more. It's only going to get better. And, the, and it can be exciting as long as you're you know how to use these things and, you know, you're augmenting your own skill set, I guess. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's 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 carving out the low hanging fruit. Okay, yeah. in the sense that you know how Open Door is targeting basically the residential agents market. This is targeting the commercial broker market on on that low hanging fruit where you know you scroll through their site um, of done deals. Like they're they're obviously some of them are in fact quite large, um, but some most of them are that smaller stuff. That's sort of that first tier and rung of the commercial real estate space. They're not the, you know, class A office buildings in downtown Toronto type of thing, you know. But who knows? You might get there one day. I think know, as the technology evolves. I th I th I think I think we're headed in that direction. Uh, I mean, of course we are. So so there you have it. Make your money while you can. Yeah, invest in AI because those people, that that type of tech is going to keep going. Yeah. When technology comes at you, I mean, in any in any point in time, and I think this is why it's this is a just a, such a good segment. At any point in history, technology has always seemed scary, and that it's going to take your job. Uh, but you need to be the one that's inventing the technology or using the technology to augment your skill set. And don't be scared of it because then you'll lose. Uh, lean into it and and it can be truly exciting. And so we hope you've enjoyed this discussion. We're gonna try and make this a regular series. This was our first run at it, so a little a little choppy and you know, but uh, you know, yeah, we hope you've enjoyed it and, and thanks so much for listening.